It's time to start thriving. Start thriving. Let's thrive. The more you know about your body, the better you can take care of it. It's time to take charge of your health. Here we are, so we're going to roll with that. Broadcasting to the Thrive Life community. So we're going to kind of dive into some of those ideas today. From the ACU of Texas Studios, let's thrive. I want to empower you to make that decision. This is Thrive Life Radio with your host, Amy Robison. Good morning, Thrive Life community. Hope you all are having a fabulous day. I am off to a good start already because we are sitting in the green room laughing hysterically this morning, watching really dumb videos. So we're already off to a happy day here at the station. So today it is Back to Basics with Detox and Digestion 101. I believe the more you know about how your body works, the better you can take care of yourself. So if We'll get into this in a minute. But if you're using detox products, um, it's really good to know if you're wasting your money or not. So I'm going to be talking about that and kind of talking you through what the detox process is in the body so you can have a better understanding of how things work. Because again, you can take better care of yourself. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today and also talk to you a bit about how to change your story around a little bit. Because I believe if you change your story, you can change your life. Like my friend Beautiful Michelle Poe said this morning for me on my video. So that was very helpful. Thank you, Michelle, for the beautiful reminder. So I'm glad to be with you as always, live from the ACU of Texas studios here on Vinyl Draft Radio. I'm your host, Amy. I am a certified nutritionist. And on today's Thrive in Five, how to change that story. All right, so I kind of started out with that idea of changing your story and changing your life, but I want to kind of segue for a moment. Um, Last week, I was talking a bit about connection and how important that is. So I was taking my dog out this morning and feeding her, and the TV was on, and I don't watch a lot of TV in the mornings, but it was on the CBS this morning, and um, Gretchen Rubin, who's written quite a few books about happiness, um, was on, and they were talking about her newest book, and I've already completely forgotten the name of it. as I was kind of half paying attention, it was kind of, ta- they were talking a lot about the importance of connection for happiness. And they were throwing out a few statistics about loneliness. And I talked about this for a few minutes last week. And so loneliness is now actually considered a global epidemic. So a very serious issue. And they're starting to correlate loneliness with all these different health issues. And they were saying that the rates of loneliness has actually doubled over the past 30 years. And of course, there's multiple reasons for that. You know, we um, live in more in isolated homes. We don't live in community as much. We, you know, all have our own vehicles. So we don't rely on each other quite as much as we used to, you know, hundreds of years ago when you were very reliant on your community and further back thousands of years ago when if you didn't have, if you weren't part of that tribe, you probably were not going to survive. So it's pretty important to have that connection. So I thought that was just so interesting, you know, that there is, there's an eye on this as being a very serious problem. And I can certainly say from my own practice and from myself and friends and family, we have this discussion about connection and relationships and realizing just how important it is for us to have that strong connection and that the more disconnected we are first and foremost to ourselves but also to each other the rates of health issues are starting to increase and they're starting to see a correlation they threw out this amazing statistic of um, the cost 
to Medicare, the health care cost consequences of loneliness is $6.7 billion annually. And so they're actually starting to say the loneliness side. And of course, of course, with Medicare, you're going to see that a lot more in the elderly. And you, there's multiple reasons for that as well. Uh, but the loneliness has a detrimental effect on your health. Um, it is a stress. It is a stressful situation to be lonely now, and that's different than being alone. So you can be alone and enjoy your alone time, like I enjoy my alone time. But being lonely is a very different thing. It almost kind of comes along with some hopelessness and like a lack of self worth, um, which is a really which is a really big component of it, actually. So when you have those things combined, the loneliness actually causes deterioration in the body. So it's going to cause deterioration of the mind. Um, you're not going to have because you're not having those stimulating conversations. It can also change the way that you think when you're real isolated. Um, you tend to kind of get, you're just kind of so in your own thought all the time that you you can't see things from a different perspective anymore. And it can actually um, contribute to some mental illness. It'll have some breakdown in the body just in general because it is a stressful situation to be lonely, truly lonely, not just alone. And when you, again, you know, I talk about this all the time, the stress chemicals that are released in the body are in, in excess are very damaging. We need those chemicals for certain things, but when they're in excess, they can be very damaging. They cause a lot of inflammation in the body and that leads to disease process down the line. So <clears throat> loneliness, I was just very shocked that they were having such such a big conversation about it and the fact that the World Health Organization has actually labeled this as, an, as a global epidemic, but you can certainly see it. You can certainly see in our, you know, need to be on our phones all the time. And although we feel like we're connected, we are really not connected. There's just something about sitting with a friend, sitting with a family member, sitting with another person, even just being out in public, even for me, I sometimes just getting out, like going to a coffee shop, even if I'm not talking to anybody and I'm just sitting with other people, there's something about it for me in general, for me just in general, that make, that lifts my spirit up. It, it just makes a difference being around people and having that connection. So I'm kind of wanted to throw that out there first before I get into flipping your story, because that can absolutely be a part of it. You know, if you're, if you're kind of diving down into that loneliness, and again, I want to make sure I differentiate between being lonely and being alone. You know, you can, you know, enjoy your alone time. Being alone is really, really important. Being able to be alone is really important and be, you know, kind of in your own company. It's a really important thing, but being lonely is something very different. And again, it kind of comes with some hopelessness. It comes with, you know, a a bit of lack of self-worth, And the self-worth thing, you know, as we kind of go into talking about changing your story is probably one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest things that I see in practice, um, also just talking with friends and family, um, that we don't feel worthy of life. Sometimes we don't feel worthy of wonderful things coming to us. We don't feel maybe, maybe you're not feeling worthy of a promotion. You're not feeling worthy of starting a business. You're not feeling worthy of a relationship, um, And what that does in the body is it, again, it's a stressful thing. So it does actually have a physiological effect. You know, what we think, you know, that, that narrative of, you know, kind of going down the rabbit hole and, you know, not feeling like we're worth anything. Um, it really does affect the physical body as well. And, and so it's so interesting when people come to see me and they have, you know, a wide range of problems, you know, whether it's digestion or they're not sleeping well, you know, whatever it might be. And as we start to talk and I start to get to know them, 
these type of things come up, the self-worth issue, the, the thought patterns, you know, the behavior patterns, the things that they're telling themselves, the stories that they're telling themselves. So when I'm working with somebody and we start identifying the stories that they're telling themselves, and it could be a number of different things. It could be something about, you know, them personally. It could be something about a relationship. It could be something about a job or something that they're wanting to do and not feeling like they can do it. You know, when you start identifying those stories, And realizing that they may not have truth to them because not everything we think is true. Not everything we tell ourselves is true. We we, We think that it should be. If it's like a thought pops into our head, it must be the truth. But it's not always the case. So we start to kind of tell ourselves these stories about things. And some of these stories we may have had for a very long time. They might be stories that were not ours, actually, but something that we heard, saw, or, you know, experienced as a young child. So we've created the story as a young child, and it stayed with us into adulthood. And so we're living out that story still. And it may not even be our story. That's why going internal, and I know you guys love this, that I tell you you need to meditate all the time, but you really do, even if it's five minutes a day, because taking that time to go internal and start identifying these things is so, so helpful because again, if you change your story, you can change your life. Depends on what you're wanting. And a lot of people take that to mean that you have to have this like this big life, you know, that you need to whatever that, you know, picture comes to you. And that when I say that, you know, change your, you know, change your story, change your life. People kind of feel like it's supposed to be this big thing and they get really overwhelmed by it, but it doesn't changing your life. Doesn't mean it's a, it's a big story. It could be something really simple and really small. And that is just as, as helpful and just as beneficial as something really, really big. You know, it could be that you just want to get better sleep and you keep telling yourself that you can't sleep or you can't get to sleep on time. You can't go to sleep early and you keep telling yourself, I can't, I can't, I can't. So when we're starting to change the story, if we identify that I can't sleep as being the story. Now, there might be a lot of reasons for that. So I know this is going to sound a bit simplistic. So there might be other things going on that need to be addressed too. But when you start changing your story, we start looking at it from the perspective instead of what I don't want to what I want. So instead of like, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, or you know whatever it is that you're telling yourself, you start to turn that around and say that I want to sleep. Even just changing the thought in the brain, I am going to sleep. I am getting good sleep even further on because, you know, we kind of go from we don't like to say try, you know, because we're being the word police a bit. You know, instead of saying try, we're going to say do um, because even even that word, the try, it almost kind of gives you an out. But when you say, no, I'm going to I am getting good sleep every night I'm going to get good sleep. And when you go to bed, you start thinking those thoughts before you go to bed even, you know, and, and so that's a simple way to change a narrative, change a story. I know it sounds very simplistic, but it's part of the process. So even if, you know, the sleep is the issue and we're addressing some other things along with it. So maybe there's some other things that are out of balance that we're trying to kind of shore up and bring back together. We also need to be addressing the thought patterns that are going along with the health problem. And, I think this is such an important concept to start understanding, even for yourself, whether you're, you know, doing something for yourself, you're working with a doctor, you know, is that you want to address whatever the physical thing is going on. So if you need to go work with someone, please do that. Um, don't be Dr. Google. I tell my friends and family this all the time. Please don't be Dr. Google. You know, if, you, if there's something going on, work with somebody. But it's also important to start changing the thought patterns around that as well. And so if it's something as, you know, as significant to me as sleep, sleep is one of my top five things. And 
you need to start, you know, asking yourself, what is the story I'm telling myself about sleep? What is it that I am, you know, doing or not doing? You know, what can I change? And, and again, if you know, we might be working with the physical body and making some adjustments and balance there, but we also want to work with those thought patterns. They're so important. Even when I'm working with someone with, you know, nutrition. So of course, food is a huge one. And we have a lot of, there's so much emotion around food. It's a very personal thing. It can be very difficult to have a conversation about it because people are very, a lot of times, sometimes very attached to certain foods from an emotional standpoint. And so when we see that there's an attachment from an emotional standpoint, you know, like why do they need to have these foods? That's when we start going into the story. What's the story you're telling yourself about this particular food and what is, you know, so we can figure out what the attachment is to it. So sometimes we find out let, you know, that will go back into their childhood. Like, well, every time we ate this food, everybody was happy. So they have this attachment now to this food because back during that time when maybe things weren't going so well or things were difficult or there was some things going on that were uncomfortable, everyone was happy when they ate this particular food. And I've actually had this come up multiple times um, in conversation with people about certain things that they crave. You know, when those cravings come up and they want that comfort food, well, what is it about that? Is it just the food? And sometimes it is. Um, but a lot of times there's a story attached to it. So we go back in time a bit and we start talking about it and the realization comes up like, oh my goodness, I love this food because everyone was happy on the nights we got to eat it. I guess maybe everybody loved it. So that's a story that has been with that person for many, many years. So now we want to flip the script. We want to change the narrative that they are, you know, find their happiness without that particular food or without this particular event or even a person. You know, how can we find and create the happiness from within so we don't need that anymore? That's part of flipping the script. That's part of changing the story and changing the narrative. So, you know, when we at once once we identify those things and we re- we realize they're not true we can we can completely change the direction of where we're going next. So, you know, another good example would be, you know, that maybe you want a promotion at work, but you don't feel qualified. You don't feel, you or you feel like a fraud. The imposter syndrome is, is another huge one. Imposter syndrome that, well, I don't know it. It's a, it's a big one actually in the health field where it's like, because there's so much to know about helping people and it can be really frustrating when you have a really complex case and you don't quite know enough. You're like, well, how can I help anybody if I can't help this person with the most complicated thing? So the imposter syndrome comes in. And again, that's a story you're telling yourself. And sometimes we can take that back to, you know, childhood or being maybe having been told that you weren't good enough. You were never going to make it. You could never amount to anything. You couldn't get there. And that's a story that someone put in your brain at probably an impressionable age. And once again, you've taken it with you your whole life. Now, as we start to realize that that story is there, we can change the narrative. It's not that it's going to be easy and it's going to just overnight go away. Sometimes, you know, that can happen to a degree, but most of the time it takes a little bit of effort and work because there's just so many, there's usually more stuff that's going to come up around it that has to be identified and also has to be worked through. But once you can identify it, you get the opportunity to say, I'm no longer going to think this way. And this is the new narrative. And that's really, really important is not just to say, I don't want to think this way anymore, but to come up with what do you want? Again, it's not, we don't want to focus on what we don't want. We want to focus on what we do want. So when you identify those things, that's step number one. Step number two is deciding that you no longer want to live that story and live that narrative. And step number three is what do you want? 
because you do get to create your life. When you, you change your story, you change your life. And that is absolutely true for each and every one of us from the small scale to the large scale, whatever that is for you and wherever you lay on that line, you can absolutely make that happen. And I know it sounds a bit cheesy and it sounds you know a bit woo-woo and out there, but our thoughts are really, really powerful and our words are also really, really powerful. So think of one thing that you've been telling yourself today. Identify your story, decide that you don't want that story anymore, and then decide for yourself what you want next. All right. So coming up next, is your detox really working? Stick with me to find out if you are wasting your money. Listen to previous episodes in our audio archives. Connect with us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. You won't want to miss what's next. This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robinson. Hey, this is Bertrand McHenry. And this is Doug Meisinger with Vinyl Draft Radio. Launching a business takes time and a great deal of discussion. You know, just about every meeting we had about launching this radio station took place with a fine hand-rolled cigar at El Cubano Cigars. Yeah, it was like our boardroom. Now it's where we go to unwind and reflect. I can't think of a better place to enjoy great conversation and great people. Not to mention some of the finest cigars anywhere in the world. All of them hand-rolled right here in Texas City. Yes, sir. Make a point to visit our friend Manny Lopez at El Cubano Cigar with locations in Texas City and League City. Make El Cubano your boardroom or your place to unwind and reflect. Hey, it's Adam Smasher for Big Splash Web Design. Let's face it, your online presence matters. And if you don't have a website or your website just isn't up to today's standards, then you are hurting your business. Big Splash Web Design is a full-service Houston-based web design and marketing agency specializing in custom web design, mobile site design, e-commerce solutions, inbound marketing and lead generation, app development, and much, much more. But don't take my word for it. Check out their impressive portfolio at BigSplashWebDesign.com or reach out to them, 281-816-6932. What would you like from your bank or credit union? How about a mobile app that makes banking simple? How about free online banking and mobile bill pay? How about loan decisions made locally? How about 15 convenient locations? Associated Credit Union of Texas has all of these and more. Sounds like you should get associated. ACU of Texas, federally insured by the NCUA. For more info, visit acutx.org. All right, welcome back, everyone. I hope you have identified some stories and, you know, the last two minutes since we were talking, <laughs> identified some stories of some things that you're telling yourself that you no longer want to believe and that you want to make some changes. And I just want to also throw out when you're making, when you're changing that narrative, you also need to change the emotion around it. Um, this is an important aspect that we don't talk about. Well, I talk about it, but it's not something that's always kind of thrown in there, you know, when you're getting the tools for making some changes like that. And so when you start thinking about what it is that you want to move into, what you want to move forward into, what story it is, that the new story that you want to tell yourself, I encourage you to think of how it would feel to attain that. So bring up that emotion, whether you would feel excited or joyful or, you know, content, gratitude, whatever it is, because when you attach that elevated emotion to what you want, it's almost like a springboard into it. Because again, your body 
you know, doesn't know if that has already happened or not. Like we've, we talk about all the time, you know, you can create, um, changes, physical, you know, chemical changes in your body just by your thinking, you know, so you can make yourself stressed out just by thinking about an argument. You can make yourself, you know, upset by thinking about something sad. And so that changes what's going on in the body. So the same thing, your body doesn't know if that's happened or not yet. But if you bring that emotion up with it, with the picture in your head of the new story you want to tell yourself, your body thinks that's happening right now. You know, your mind thinks that's happening right now. And that actually does help to create something a lot faster. So I just want to encourage that as you're working through that process this weekend or in the next week or the next month of changing some of those narratives, when you think of the new narrative, the new story, attach emotion to it, bring that up. And I want you to feel it in every cell of your body. I don't want you to just kind of think, oh, I'd probably feel joyful. I want you to actually cultivate that and bring that into being. I want you to feel it all over your body. Feel the joy. Feel the gratitude. Bring the joy up. Bring it up. You can make that change. And again, once you attach that emotion to the narrative that you're that you're wanting to attain, that you you really do create so much faster. It's really, really cool. So I'm just going to kind of throw that out there as I now talk about detox. So if you are doing a detox this month, um, which a lot of people are, it's kind of that time of year. Also spring and fall is a big time for people to be doing detoxes. I want to talk about what that is, um, how kind of things work in the body. I think it's important to kind of understand the process. I'm not going to get too terribly nerdy on you. I will throw some stuff out there, but I won't, I won't dig down too far into it. I'm going to tell you some of the products that I like to use because I do like to use products to support detoxification and I'll explain what that means. Um, so I'll give you some tips there and then um, give you a few yoga postures that I love to support detoxification. So Detox is probably one of my favorite topics because there's so much confusion around what that means. You know, typically we see all the products, you know, like detox, use this water, use this product or, you know, put these things on your feet or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm not saying that some of those products aren't good because there are some good products out there, but there are also some products that are just not great. And they're, they're making promises that the are not attainable because the body is in the process of detoxification all the time. This is always happening. It doesn't just stop and wait for you to do a detox in order for those things to work. It's constantly doing that. It's doing that throughout the day and even more so while you're sleeping at night. So that process is always happening. So when it comes to doing a detox, we always want to bring in things that support detoxification because our bodies do need support. And I'm going to kind of explain that here in a minute. We want to bring in products or foods, um, whatever it is that we're going to be using that support the process. It's not going to do it for us because our body is already doing it, but we do need a lot of support today because our exposure to toxins is higher than it's ever been in the history of the world, literally. The amount of chemicals that come out into the marketplace every year is astounding. The amount of things we're exposed to is astounding. It's very, very different. And so our bodies can easily get bogged down by so much exposure. It just gets sluggish. It's hard for things to to keep moving. It's hard for us to have flow in the body. Um, you know, our lymphatic system gets really sluggish because we're sitting all day and the lymphatic system is, you know, highly attuned to us moving. It doesn't work on a pump um, like the heart does. So it's different. So our exposure is high. Our Some of our practices, again, of sitting all day and then you know, not, you know, it could be food. It could be a number of different things, but our exposures are really high. And I kind of want to talk about that first. So 
we have internal toxins and we have external toxins and I won't go specifically into all of these, but internal toxins can be, you know, cellular waste. So obviously things are happening in the body every day. Things are coming in and out of the cell. Cells die off. Those things need to be moved out of the body. Um, we have, you know, urea, which is the breakdown by, um, by the liver of food or tissue and protein and amino acids. And again, I won't, I won't get too nerdy on you. <laughs> that gets sent to the kidneys to be excreted. Um, hormones. Hormones are another big one. Hormones are really potent. They are incredible. They are incredible substances. You know, these chemical messengers that go through the body and do all these different wonderful things. But if they're not being, you know, moved out of the body and they become, you know, we now have them in excess, like um, a really good example of this is um, estrogen dominance. So you might see that in something like endometriosis. So estrogen dominance means that there's too much estrogen in the body and that could be an imbalance of something. So there could be um, something else that's out of whack and it could be a liver issue where it's just not being moved out of the body. So that can build up and now it becomes a toxin, even though it's something that's important for us in excess, any kind of hormone, neurotransmitter, any of those type of things in excess in the body can become toxic and cause problems and breakdown in the body. So those are some of the internal things. We have lactic acid. Um, we get free radicals when we have too much inflammation in the body. We have too much um, oxidative stress in the body. We get these free radicals. And it, that's part of the natural process. So we, we naturally get that. But again, in excess, and the body cannot clear that, now we get inflammation. Now we get dis- the disease process. The aging process even accelerates. So like our biological age compared to our chronological age changes. And we can become sick much faster. The dis- disease process starts much faster. So those are some of the internal toxins. So those are things that we have all the time. And as long as the body's moving and everything's working in order, those things should be moved out the way that they're supposed to. Now let's talk about external toxins, because this is an even bigger exposure level. Um, and I think, it, well, and I, I shouldn't say, I think I know that these external toxins create imbalance in our internal toxins in the body. And they, so they can create more of those free radicals. They can create more oxidative stress. They can create, you know, more dysbiosis so that the good bugs and bad bugs, you know, the dysbiosis basically means there's possibly too many bad bugs and not enough good bugs or even bugs that are really good and really beneficial. We can even get out of balance in the good ones too. So external toxins, we have a huge range of them. There are so many things that we are exposed to. So of course, food, we all know that that can be a potential exposure, especially very heavily processed food, but then also conventionally raised um, animals. So in your meat products, you might have hormones there. You might have steroids. You might have God knows what. Um, and then in produce and fruit and vegetables, um, if they're heavily dosed with pesticides, um, that's an exposure there as well. And they are showing some linkage between that and, um, you know, the dysbiosis in the gut and causing a lot of digestive problems. Water is another one. So chemicals in the water, air, of course, we live in Houston. You walk outside and you breathe the air. There's no getting away from that one unless you're going to walk around, I guess, with an oxygen tank. And then I'm still not convinced that you wouldn't have exposure. It's exposure on your skin at that point. Noise is actually an external toxin. I know that sounds like a kind of a strange one, but noise you know, we, we have more noise really than we probably have ever had to when you think about all the, you know, traffic and, you know, airplanes flying overhead and just, you know, the number of people. So there's a lot more noise and constant noise and not having that quiet is actually also a stressor on the body. So again, 
when you have a lot of stress, you get chemical cascades of stress and you're, you're, you're moving towards the disease process. Um, building materials, there's such a thing as called sick building syndrome. So building materials, they off gas and, you know, we're breathing that again, you know, our skin is exposed to that. And so the off gassing can actually make people very sick furniture, especially if it's sprayed with, um, what's that stuff called? It just totally went out of my brain. Furniture sprayed with um, fire retardant. That's what it is. Fire retardant or other chemicals. Again, those also off gas. I think there was a a show on, it was a documentary on HBO talking about fire retardants and the, for, it was about firemen and their exposure to the fire retardants um, when they're putting out fires, obviously. And how toxic it is when those burn and how it was creating more illness and cancer in the firemen. It was very, very interesting documentary. I'm sorry, I cannot tell you the name of it because it was quite a while ago I saw it, but it was very, very interesting. Um, Cleaning and laundry. So cleaning supplies um, can be very toxic. There are laundry detergents and things like that. And again, you know, laundry detergents, fabric softeners, you know, the dryer sheets that you're putting into the dryer, those have a lot of chemicals on them. And then you're putting that on you know, you're putting your clothes on and those chemicals are usually still on there. So your exposure is kind of all the time if you're using some of those products. So we want to look for cleaner products, beauty products, ladies, that's another big one because we put them on our body every single day. Um, mold and dust pets, you know, being in the workplace, um, electromagnetic frequencies, EMFs are a big one. Lighting also is a, an exposure. If you do a lot of arts and crafts, if you do a lot of painting and, um, different mediums can be very toxic for you. Traffic. (laughs) I would say the traffic one is probably just being frustrated, but it really is, you know, the, what it's putting out in the air, air travel, whether that's just the planes flying overhead or you actually being on an airplane, Staying in the hospital can be a very toxic exposure. Prescription drugs, you know, getting dental work done, especially especially with mercury amalgams, because um, those can also off gas. Um, just a kind of a side note there: if you do have mercury amalgams and you're concerned about them, um, you need if you are wanting to have them removed, please make sure that you find a dentist that is trained in removing them because it can be a very it is a very delicate process so if you can find like a biological dentist that's a great place to start um plants parasites bacteria viruses and of course heavy metals so those are all different types of toxins that we are exposed to so it's a lot it's and you know and there isn't any way to get away from it that's why you know having doing a detox or having detox products that you're kind of using periodically throughout the year bringing in different foods and things like that that are supporting the process are important because we can't get away from our, we can't get away from these exposures it's not going to happen so some of the signs that you could be experiencing a toxic toxic overload um, again these can be a number from also other different things so I don't want to say that this is the only only reason that you might be having some of these problems, but they are a sign that you may have a potential exposure to a toxic overload. And again, that could be something external or it could be something internal that's out of balance. If you get chronic respiratory infections, um, if you have asthma, issues with sinuses, um, abnormal body odor, that is a abnormal body odor can be a sign that your detoxification system is not working or is bogged down. So you can literally just not smell very good because you're not moving out waste product. Um, a coated tongue. And a coated tongue can have like a white, like a thrush. It can look white, but it can also be like black and fuzzy. 
yes, that's a thing. And it's very gross, but it is absolutely a thing. And that's a sign that the body is not working properly. Sometimes the sign of thrush, that's going to be almost kind of like an internal toxin. So that could be a candida or yeast overgrowth. Um, but that's kind of what that looks like. And so it can be pretty gross and not taste good. And it will definitely affect your breath. Um, you get frequent headaches. This is actually a kind of a big one too. If you're getting frequent headaches, um, obviously there's multiple different reasons again, that this could be happening, but it could be a food exposure, a food allergy. I can tell you that, um, once I took, I stopped eating gluten and wheat, um, my chronic headaches went away and I had had chronic headaches for many, many years. I mean, every day I would have a headache. It was, it was to the point where it just became normal. And I mean, I would call, um, Excedrin my medicine because I took it, Excedrin migraine. I took it all the time, which I, I know was an absolutely wreaking havoc on my gut, but I had frequent headaches and it was an exposure to gluten that was causing the frequent headaches because they literally went away within a couple of weeks of removing it from my diet. And again, I'd had that for years, um, back or joint pain, arthritis, environmental sensitivities. If you have food allergies, again, that could be a potential food exposure, of course. Um, but it could also have been from some kind of other exposure that's actually messing up with the gut. Oh, what else? Poor memory, mental confusion. So having that brain fog insomnia, depression, irritability. Again, these can be from other things, but they can also be from, you know, a sign of toxic overload, um, chronic fatigue, brittle hair and nails, um, psoriasis. So things that are erupting on the skin can often be a sign of number one, an allergy, but it can also be a sign that the body is not able to get the waste out fast enough. So it's actually kind of coming out through the skin, um, adult acne and being underweight or overweight. And again, obvious for obvious reasons, those can be from a number of different things. So those are just some of the signs that you could be dealing with a toxic overload. So some just like simple detox basics. And again, I I won't get too nerdy on you guys because you don't need to know every single little thing about how the body works, but it is important to have at least a little bit of knowledge because you you can just better support yourself. And also, if you have a a little bit of knowledge, when you do go and talk to, you know, a healthcare professional, you can have a a bit of a deeper conversation because you have a bit more knowledge. So detoxification uses up to 80% of the amount of energy your body needs from making new molecules. That's huge. So it is a very needy process. It needs a lot of energy. You know, most of the things we synthesize every day are for the sake of actually getting rid of waste. So it's a really, really important process. So if your liver is overloaded, um, you really might feel that your energy is down. You may not just have, you know, enough stamina through the day. And again, of course, there's other things that can cause that, but a liver overloaded can certainly affect your energy levels. So Like the major organs of detoxification are going to be your liver, the GI tract, kidneys, lungs, and skin. Some of the minor roots are going to be your hair, nails, sweat, and tears. So again, major roots, major organs, liver, GI, kidney, lung, skin. Um, Your brain also has its own detoxification system. They actually just discovered this in 2015. If that shows you how little we still know about the amazing body. So it's called the glymphatic system. And I I just find this very fascinating. It was fascinating when I read it. So it is 10 times more active when you are sleeping. So going back to what I was kind of talking about in the first segment about sleep and how we think about sleep and the importance of it, your brain is getting all the waste out much faster and to much greater degree while you are sleeping 10 times more more active when you are sleeping. 
And detox is a 24 seven function. Like I said, it never sleeps. It's always, always working. And so any product that's telling you it's going to detox you, it's just, it's not quite the right way to word it. It is going, we want things that support the detox, not something that's going to force a detox. And it's also really important to understand that when you're doing a detox, if you're in a really, if your body is very, very sensitive, um, if you're sensitive to medications, if you're sensitive to supplements, you want to go very, very slowly. If you're going to use a detox product or some kind of a system, you want to go very, very slowly and kind of see how your body reacts. Because if you force it, you can actually make yourself more sick. And so we definitely don't want that. If you're using one of those products, just read the label, read what it says, like how it says to do it. And if you are sensitive, just back it off. So if it's typically like a seven day detox, maybe you want to do it over 14 days. It doesn't mean that it's going to be less effective. It actually might be more effective for you because it's allowing your body to do things naturally instead of forcing it to move things out. We don't want to force the body to do anything. We want to support it to naturally do it itself. That's very, very important. We don't ever... it's, it's very important to allow the body to do its own processing because we do believe that the body will heal itself in the right environment. So we just need to support and give it a little bit of help sometimes because I just told you all those exposures we have. So the body needs a little bit of help. Well, I'm going to talk about the liver a little bit. I won't go into all of those organs because that would just, it would take me days to get through all of that. So I want to talk a little bit about the liver. So the liver actually performs over 300 functions. It is a very busy guy. So it receives most of the venous blood from the lower body, kidney, spleen, and GI. It gets actually about a almost like 1500 milliliters of blood throw of blood flow through the liver every single minute. So it's a busy guy. There's lots of stuff coming in. There's lots of stuff going out. There's lots of processes that are taking place and it's in charge of a whole lot of stuff. So we want to have a healthy liver um, because if we don't, then the, you know, the needed, it, it needs to be able to take the needed nutrients to the body and it needs to be able to take out the trash. So it needs to get, be able to remove that stuff. And the bulk of toxic substances are, de- are you know, detoxed by the liver um, it removes chemicals in the blood and excretes them out through the bile. So, you know, that, so when people say you don't need a gallbladder, well, that's part of the detoxification process because we're getting rid of, you know, substances there. And now granted the gallbladder is not making the bile, the liver is, but it still stores it and then helps to move things out through, um, through the bowel. So it's a really, really important thing. Over 300 chemicals can, um, induce increased enzyme activity in the liver, which is crazy. And so those are chemicals we're exposed to that can increase some of those enzymes. And the problem with that is, is that if there's enzymes that are increased in one hand, they can actually inhibit the production or use of other enzymes in the body. So we don't, we don't like that. So because they kind of compete for the same things. So these chemicals do, they compete for the same things. So it can cause a whole bunch of problems. So our liver is super, super important. We want to love our liver. One of my favorite analogies of how the liver works, and I'll talk about this a bit more when we come back, is that it's like cleaning your laundry. So you've got your filtration system, so your good baseline of nutrients to filter things out. It's like finding stains in the laundry. Then it goes into a couple different phases and then finally through elimination. So I'm gonna talk about that a bit more when we come back as well tell you the nutrients that you need. So I'm going to give you some ideas there. And then I'm going to give you a few options of products that I like to use. So you kind of know where to spend your money. There's lots of good stuff out there, but I'm just going to kind of give you a couple. So when we come back, nutrients you need and yoga poses for the liver. Listen to previous episodes in our audio archives. Connect with us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. You won't want to miss what's next. This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robinson.
George Winston brings his winter solo piano tour to the Dozy Doe in the Woodlands on Sunday, February 10th. In support of the Montgomery County Food Bank, Mr. Winston requests all attendees bring a donation of canned food to the concert. Tickets start at just $78 and include a three-course dinner. For more information on this and other great shows, visit www.dozydoe.com. The light beer you've been waiting for has arrived. Corona Premier is a superior light lager brewed to be easy drinking with a taste that's undeniably Corona. Premier is an exceptional light beer, perfect for taking a moment to look around and appreciate all that you've accomplished so far. Lower carbs, lower calories, higher expectations. Corona Premier, enjoy the view. Drink responsibly. Corona Premier, imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. What would you like from your bank or credit union? How about a mobile app that makes banking simple? How about free online banking and mobile bill pay? How about loan decisions made locally? How about 15 convenient locations? Associated Credit Union of Texas has all of these and more. Sounds like you should get associated. ACU of Texas, federally insured by the NCUA. For more info, visit acutx.org. Welcome back, everyone, to your detox crash course today. We're getting as much information out to you as I possibly can in an hour, which is not a lot. But I'm giving you some of the basics today, kind of telling you how the body works and kind of talking about, you know, how... A lot of people buy detox products around this time and or going into the springtime or into the fall. Those are good times to do to do a detox. Um, but that doing a detox, it doesn't mean that that is detoxing your body. Um, it supports the detoxifications, detoxification processes in the body. And that's what we want. We want it to support it and help it kind of, you know, do the cleaning out because our bodies are we are so overexposed to so many chemicals. And again, it could be chemicals that you're breathing in the air that you're eating on your food, you know, chemicals coming from the lights in the buildings that you're in, chemicals coming from the off-gassing of furniture in your house. It can be coming from so many different directions and we can't go live in a hole. And I don't even know if there's a way to completely get away from any of it at this point, even if you went and lived up in the mountains. I'm not so sure that you could actually get away from um, something that even comes in the rain at this point. So we don't have much choice in our exposure. We can cut down in areas that we have control over, like if you're, you know, looking at your food and, you know, purchasing organic when it, whenever possible. And I've thrown this out before, but you can go to ewg.org. That's in the Environmental Working Group. Um, they put out a list every year, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. And so I always recommend, you know, the Dirty Dozen that they put out. And sometimes it's up to 13 or 14 different I- items, fruits and vegetables. Those are the ones that are most heavily dosed with pesticides. So those, I would say, always buy those organic, that 13 or 14, whatever it is that they do. Um, they, they put a new list out every single year. So it's, al- it's always being updated. So that's where you could spend your money as far as, you know, organic, non-organic, and then the rest of the things you can buy conventional. But that's just another thing, you know, another exposure that we have are your beauty products, ladies. Um, actually, on EWG.org also, they have a... Um, there, they have a section called Skin Deep, I think, and you can plug in whatever beauty product you're using, and it will tell you, you know, the level of toxicity, which I find very, very helpful. So that's something that you can also kind of check out. 
but our exposure is really high. So we need to support the body. Um, and where I'm talking about the liver and the importance of the liver and detoxification, because it does the majority of the work. There's some other, you know, um, areas and other organs, other roots in the body that do detoxification also, but the liver is the main guy. So my favorite analogy for how the liver works as far as detoxification goes is that it's like cleaning your laundry. So the filtration is step number one. So it's that first good baseline of nutrients allows the liver the bil- the ability to filter the blood. It needs certain things. The body, again, I say this all the time, the body runs off of nutrients. It needs things in order for things to function right. So identifying the good things, so food and nutrients, and then the bad things, toxins and harmful substances. So this is like finding stains in your laundry. Then it goes into phase one detox. So now... The body uses enzymes and nutrients to transform the bad guys, which would be your toxins or your excess hormones or used hormones, prescription drugs, food additives, things like that. And the goal of this phase is to begin to neutralize the toxin and start to make it into a water-soluble compound to leave the body. And at this point, it's really important to point out, at this point, um, sometimes the the toxin reactivity can actually increase, so a chemical can become more toxic after it goes through phase one. That's why the phase two is so important. So it can cause problems if it can't get into phase two right away. So sometimes when there's a problem with detoxification, it could be that one of those phases, phase one or phase two is not working properly. Sometimes there's even a genetic component where maybe phase one is just sluggish or phase two is sluggish. So it could be that one of those things is not working properly. And so then we can support, if we know that that's happening, we can support the body with certain nutrients to just help it along a bit more. So the phase one is kind of like your pre-wash cycle. Phase two um, kind of acts on phase one as kind of the final transformation stage on the toxin, uh, making it water soluble again so that it can be removed from the body. So amino acids, which are the building blocks of protein, actually drive this stage. So let me say that again. Amino acids, the building blocks of protein, drive this stage. Because a lot of times we think, you know, that the juice fat, juice juicing is a detox. And it, yes, there's certain aspects of that that is true. And I like juicing and I think it can be really, really beneficial. But proteins are an important part of driving this stage. Okay, so protein, we need protein. as they and So they attach to the toxin to further neutralize it and help take them out of the body. So phase two is like your main wash cycle, removing dirt and debris and leaving your clothes clean. So then, of course, we have the elimination process is the final stage. So lastly, the toxins are eliminated out of the digestive tract via bile or via the kidneys in urine. So this is like the drain in your spin cycle. So that's kind of how detoxification works via clean your laundry. So if you don't clean laundry, you might not understand this, but hopefully you're cleaning your laundry. That's kind of how it works. So I'm not going to go really heavily, deeply into phase one and phase two detox because you just really don't need to know all of that information. That's something that you can work with a professional on. Um, But there are some nutrients that are needed for each of those phases. So that can be something you can think about. So nutrients needed for phase one are some of your B vitamins. So that's B2, B3, B6, B12, and folate, glutathione, which is one of your master antioxidants. We love glutathione and flavonoids. So nutrients needed for phase two, that's again, that's, that's getting ready for that elimination process are magnesium, again, glutathione, again, B vitamins, again, B5 and B12, vitamin C, then some of your amino acids, uh, glutamine is great, uh, taurine, glycine, all of those guys are really great. Um, 
You get most of this from your food, uh, but you may have to supplement and support in areas where that where those things are not working. So a B, a, B, a really good B complex is almost always one that I, I recommend for most people, just because it's also heavily depleted when we're under stress anyway. Um, and the interesting thing also about the uh, glutathione is that it actually helps to carry certain chemicals out of the body. Um, so when glutathione, again, it's one of our master antioxidants. It's super, super important. And I don't have enough time to go into all the wonderful things about it. But when that's excreted out of the body, if we're not producing it fast enough on the flip side to... Um, to regain that level of antioxidant, then our body actually can also start the breakdown process. More free radicals, more oxidative stress, and again, increasing the aging process, making us sick much faster, and, and starting the disease process. So if our, if our external exposure is really high, that, can, that glutathione can be re- depleted really, really rapidly. Um, and we're not going in also... When, we're get, when we have the internal toxins or things that aren't like harsh chemicals, then we recycle that. And there can also be issues with the recycling process. So if we're heavily exposed on the outside, we're going to lose the glutathione really, really fast. So before I go into kind of the other things here, a couple of the products, one of the products that I really, really love, and thank you, Michelle, for popping onto my feed this morning. So it reminded me to bring it up, is um, Life Vantage's ProTandem. Um, I think ProTandem is a great process. Basically, what it is doing is, I'm not even going to go into all of it because I don't have time, but it's stimulating NRF2, which is this fabulous thing helping with the master antioxidants again in the body, which is going to reduce that oxidative stress. That's the main key of it. So it's going to reduce the oxidative stress which is going to reduce the free radicals, which means everything in the body is going to work better. And there are tons of literature on ProTandem. So if you want to go read about that, I'm going to let you go read about that. So that's one that I like for this process, especially in particular, just because it is going to help with the production there. Um, a couple of other detoxification um products that I do like are the standard process detox. It's like a 21 day detox. I believe that's a, that's a pretty decent one. I think they have a 10 day one also. Um, I also like perk integrative that's P E R Q U E. They also have a really good, um, detoxification products. Um, I like them again on all these products. So even going back to the ProTandem, they all have cofactors that are supporting these processes in the body. So you're not putting this stuff into the body. It's all supporting how things work. And again, that's what we really, really want. We want to put things in the body that are supporting our natural processes because we want to stimulate our bodies to do those things itself. Again, we just need some help because our exposure is so high and there's no way to get away from it. So these are things that I would recommend even taking on a regular basis. As far as doing a detox itself, like one of the 10 day, 21 days, a couple times a year is usually sufficient. Um, you don't necessarily want to do it more than that unless you're working with a practitioner who is saying that that is going to be a good idea and that they can kind of monitor that process for you. And if you start a detox, if you start one of those detoxes and you start getting sick, that means you need to back it off. It's just a bit too aggressive for you and it's kind of moving things too quickly. So any of those things you can do, like I know the perk one is typically like a 30 day, but you can push it to 45 to 60 days um, for a body that's really sensitive. So if you're sensitive to medication, if you're sensitive to supplements, then I almost always recommend going ahead and backing off a bit. If you've got a compromised digestive system or, you know, you're you're just kind of not feeling well all the time, you got chronic fatigue and things like that, I recommend going really really slowly. That's just me. I'm a I'm, I'm a little bit more I'm just not super aggressive on that because I don't want to force the body into doing something that it's just not really prepared to do. So I like to kind of back that off. So those are some of the products that I like to use if I'm supporting 
someone's detoxification systems. Some of the things that you can do on the flip side, um, food-wise, I do love to recommend warm lemon water in the morning. That's just going to kind of allow the body to finish its processes. Water first thing in the morning is great anyway because it's kind of flooding all the cells after you've been kind of fasting overnight. It helps the liver to kind of continue its process of moving things out. So warm lemon water, in just to keep it super simple, is probably one of my favorite things. Also, doing some good um, vegetables with some fiber in it to help the bowels continue to move. Uh, if you're dealing with something like an estrogen dominance, broccoli sprouts are fantastic for that. Um, Broccoli in general is good for it too because it can help remove the excess estrogen, but broccoli sprouts are really great. You can get them in powder form. I'm just going to warn you that they don't taste great. They're super potent, but they are fantastic. So anybody I have who's got some issues with estrogen dominance, we're seeing some you know hormone imbalances. Um, so if you have an, another sign, just to kind of throw it out there real quickly, of estrogen dominance can be having PMS. So the symptoms of PMS, whether it's... Um, really bad cramping, even if you're getting headaches around that time, menstrual headaches. Um, if you are having breast tenderness, those in swelling, those things aren't actually normal. So we don't, you shouldn't really feel completely miserable the week before you start your cycle. So we want to support that by getting that um, balance back in line. So a simple way, obviously you might need to have something, you know, much more than this, but broccoli sprouts are fantastic. Another thing that I love for the liver are beets. Beets, are fabulous for the liver. Oh, they're so good for it. So you can do that just eating beets. You can do it in powder form also. I'll use that as well. Sometimes I'll use the broccoli sprouts and the beet powder in combination for people supporting their liver um, because it's just so fabulous for them. And it also is kind of an energy boost too. And then my favorite thing is beet kvass, which is basically like a fermented drink. So it is also pretty fabulous. Although I've had people tell me that it tastes like dirt. I think it's great. (laughs) But I'll add some like ginger or some garlic or some orange peel slices to it. It's really, really simple to make. Basically, you like take a, a one of the big mason jars, like the half gallon, fill it with water, put the beets in it, put in some garlic or ginger or some orange slices, whatever you want, and a couple tablespoons of salt, and you let it sit out for about five to seven days, and then you drink it, put it in the fridge, though, because otherwise it'll keep fermenting. So it has all kinds of other wonderful benefits, but beets are really, really good for your liver. So some poses that you can do, yoga poses that are really good for the liver. Anytime you're doing any kind of twisting, any kind of inversion, all of those things, folding over, any of those things are going to be really good for the liver. So one of the super simple ones is just a forward fold. So that would be you're, you're sitting on the floor, legs out straight, and you're going to bend forward. Now, I know you can't, I can't, I'm going to try to explain this a bit. You're not trying to bring your head to your knees. You're actually trying to bring your torso towards your thighs. So that's how you actually do a forward bend. So forward bend is great for it. Um, Any kind of a spinal twist. So like laying on your back and then twisting, like moving the uh, knees over to one side. So kind of twisting the back. That's a good one. Cobra pose. So if you're familiar with yoga, it's the same, kind of the same thing as up dog. It's similar. So that's when you're laying down on your stomach, your hands in push-up position, and you're pushing up just the torso and the legs are going to stay on the floor. That's also good for the liver. And then any kind of an inversion. So an inversion is basically where it would be like a headstand. That's a, that's an idea of a conversion. So like shoulder stand where you're laying with the upper part of the back head and neck on the floor and the feet are straight up in the air. Um, legs up the wall is probably my absolute favorite yoga posture for detoxification and supporting the liver. So legs up the wall, basically you're sitting, you're laying flat on the ground 
and then with your um, your butt up against the wall and your legs are literally up the wall. So back is flat, legs up the wall. That is also a really nice resting position. It's also good for the lymphatic system because it helps to move things. Again, we're going against gravity. So it's also a really good pose for that. So some simple things that you can do every day to support the liver and that detoxification process are drink some lemon water, get some veggies in, get some broccoli sprouts or some beet powder, get some beet kvass if you want to make that and do some yoga postures. And the one that I definitely recommend doing, you can do it every evening before you go to bed is the legs up the wall. It can actually be very, very relaxing. So that is your crash course of detoxification, as much information as I could possibly squeeze into the last 45 minutes. So I hope you've had got some helpful tips on what you can do and understand the body does detoxify by itself, but we want to give it a little bit of a love and a little bit of support because our exposure is so high and there's not much we can do about that. So get your detox on, buy good products, make sure you're reading labels, talk to people about products that you're using and make sure that you are not wasting your money. And then go ahead and change that story and create a new narrative for yourself going into this weekend. Amy Robison is owner of My Life Delicious Nutrition Consulting Company. Reach out and learn more at mylifedelicious.com or call 832-875-2358. Thrive Life Radio, a Vinyl Trap Radio production. What would you like from your bank or credit union? How about a mobile app that makes banking simple? How about free online banking and mobile bill pay? How about loan decisions made locally? How about 15 convenient locations? Associated Credit Union of Texas has all of these and more. Sounds like you should get associated. ACU of Texas, federally insured by the NCUA. For more info, visit acutx.org. Hey, this is Bertrand McHenry. And this is Doug Meisinger with Vinyl Draft Radio. Launching a business takes time and a great deal of discussion. You know, just about every meeting we had about launching this radio station took place with a fine hand-rolled cigar at El Cubano Cigars. Yeah, it was like our boardroom. Now it's where we go to unwind and reflect. I can't think of a better place to enjoy great conversation and great people. Not to mention some of the finest cigars anywhere in the world. All of them hand-rolled right here in Texas City. Yes, sir. Make a point to visit our friend Manny Lopez at El Cubano Cigar with locations in Texas City and League City. Make El Cubano your boardroom or your place to unwind and reflect. 